thank you for tuning in to this episode of Solving Problems with Technology on Hexagon Radio, HXGN Radio. I'm your host, Josh Cranfield, and today's topic is what is digital transformation? So in this episode, I'm talking to J.D. Martin. He's a partner at Corbin's Electric and Nate Unruh from Knox Innovations. So why don't we actually, you know, first of all, welcome to the show, J.D. and Nate. We're, we're uh, also joined by my counterpart, Jeff Wakefield. Why don't we actually just start out, what is Corbin's Electric? What's Knox, Knox Innovation? What are you guys' roles? What do you do there? What do you care about? Sure, yeah, hey guys, thanks for having us. Um, yeah, I'm J.D. Martin. I'm the uh, Vice President of Business Solutions at Corbin's Electric. We're a, a large electrical contractor uh, and specialty contractor in the uh, Southwest, Arizona and New Mexico. And uh, we focus on uh, large industrial projects um, high-tech manufacturing, and uh, we're having a great time doing it. We've seen a lot of growth uh, in the last eight years. Uh, so my responsibilities, obviously, among a lot of things, is to uh, help our business find solutions uh, as uh, you know, as as the economy changes, as you know, new problems arise. Basically, everything that doesn't fall under normal like go and do construction, uh, I kind of oversee as part of the business to help support the go and do construction part. So that's Corbin's Electric in a nutshell. We're probably going to finish this year at a $155 million in revenue. Um, we have about 750 employees and uh, doing great, just trying to create a, uh, an, a good company for awesome people to earn a great living. And I think we're uh, we're kind of fulfilling that. But overarchingly, our purpose, Corbin's Electric, is to um, we we are empowered thought leaders that are boldly uh, excuse me we are empowered thought leaders that are boldly changing the construction industry. So not only uh, how construction is done, but how people think about construction getting done. Mm-hmm. Awesome, and Nate. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Nate Unruh, Business Solutions Manager at uh, Knox Innovations. Thanks again, guys, for having us on today. Um, primary responsibilities, I manage the mobility sector of uh, Knox Innovations. Uh, we are a um, company that offers uh, different solutions to construction customers primarily, um, which includes everything from fabrication to uh, mobility and technology um, consulting, as well as uh, helping individuals with VDC and labels. So kind of all that um, locked into one. Um, we are able to provide um, both, as I said, consulting and products, kind of depending on what that falls under. And most of my responsibilities are with um, process improvement, process optimization, and anything that falls in line with kind of technology and how that works in. Good. Well, thank and you guys then- for joining. Yeah, full uh, disclosure, like uh, Corbin's and Knox. Uh, Knox is a sister company of Corbin's Electric. Uh, just to piggyback on what Nate said, uh, Corbin's does construction. They do contracting. And Knox are all of the, uh, the services and products that Corbin's uses that other contractors also need. So we decided to break up Knox Innovations to bring those things to market to help other contractors with the speed of doing their work. Awesome. Yeah, so thanks a lot. Um, We've talked, actually, we've had the privilege, I would say, uh, my team, of of watching you guys go through a digital transformation. And it's a, you know, it's, it it was a $4 word. Now I would call it a $2 word because you see it everywhere out there in everybody's marketing materials. And, you know, everybody has a different definition. And we've also had some talk about, okay, when you digitize a process, maybe you turn it into a piece of paper, right? And then you can digitalize, which some people use that word a lot. And then you can digitally transform. So you guys are doing it well. Corbin's Electric has become, you know, a, really a quintessential example for us uh, to observe. And it's, it's, like I said, it's been really fun. But let's get into that a little bit. What is digital transformation? How do you make that distinction between, you know, digitizing, digitalizing, digital transformation? What does that mean? Yeah, I think you kind of hit it on the head, like the difference between digitizing and digitalizing, you know, is basically just is taking, is creating a, you know, what was an analog 
um, maybe a, a piece of paper into it, making it digital and then uh, turning that form into maybe a process, how it gets routed through different people. That's the digitalization part. But the, the, the digital transformation, although there are a lot of you know, definitions, people are kind of backing into or creating their own definition based on their, you know, their, their, their vertical industry. Um, uh, for us, it's the, it's the integration of, of digital technology in all areas of the business, um, you know, to truly change in the business. And for some people that means uh, you're creating new lines of business, right? Digital transformation helps them create new lines, new revenue streams. Uh, for others, it's, um, maybe has some cultural implications uh, like it has for us and we can get into that. Um, but basically it's a new way of bringing value to the business or to the customers that you service. Um, and yeah, we've seen that. Yeah, we've seen that. So uh, yeah, our digital transformation, I mean, going back, let's see, how long have we been using Exalt platform solutions? It's been, uh, almost six years, I think, Josh. Yeah. Does that sound about right? Just about, yeah. Uh, it's been almost six years. Yeah, it'll be six years in August. And um, we had at Corbin's Electric, you know, we were operating at a, a around a $40 million a year kind of revenue, you know, with about 200 employees. And we had a lot of processes, a lot of paper processes. I strike that we actually didn't have a lot of processes, but the few <laughs> processes that we had were very, very paper based. Um, everything had to be printed. Our time cards, our safety observations, um, anything that needed to be turned into our customer, the general contractors or the owners uh, were on paper. And um, that was, that was, that was going to be unsustainable for the future as we saw it with a business. We knew we needed to change the business. We wanted to increase revenue. We wanted to grow. And we didn't want to grow for the sake of growing. We needed to grow in order to meet the needs of our customers. Our customers were growing. Uh, their needs were expanding. Um, we also saw a need in the marketplace to go serve that other people uh, were not already servicing. So there was an opportunity to grow there also. And we knew in order to to grow or to scale, paper processes weren't going to be the way to do it. We had to start uh, digitizing, right? And so, of course, we did, right? We we created some forms, you know, some fillable PDFs, and we created uh, some Excel templates, you know, with drop downs and you know some rules, you know, some macros and things like that. Maybe we were, maybe we were, you know, having a uh, trying to make a, an Excel form like a single uh, source of truth for a particular, basically we were creating databases in Excel. Um, that very quickly became unsustainable, lots of broken processes. So like, like many companies, what we did is we hired people to go manage the data. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, and we collect it too, right? Say that yeah. again. And collect it too, right? Collect, collect it, it, um, it, put it somewhere else. And... Store it, move it, analyze it, report on it. Yeah, all of those things. But we realized, you know, that's unsustainable. And as much as we love people, that's not a really good value add for a construction company, right? A contractor. Because um, we're adding a lot of, of cost to our overhead not a lot of value to the end thing, which is like actually building stuff. Um, so if we needed, if we wanted to increase, if we're increasing revenue, but we weren't increasing margin at the same, you know, at a decent rate also, uh, then what are we doing? How valuable is this, is this data? Are, are these processes, these things that we're doing? So we realized there must be a better way. So at that point, um, our, our, um, Vice President of Operations, uh, Justin, who happens to be my brother. He's also our CEO right now. Um, him and I were actively looking. Um, let's see if we've been using Exalt for six years almost. We were, have actively were looking seven and a half years ago for um, 
project management software, right? We are focused on increasing the efficiency and effectiveness of our project teams in order to deliver the thing that we're ultimately getting paid for. Construction is really simple, guys. I'm, I'm going to oversimplify it, but we basically get paid to install electrical material. I mean, that's I'm oversimplifying yeah. again, but um, that's the value. We tell a customer that we can do that electrical installation for a certain amount of money. And then it's up to us if we want to increase that. I mean, we, we obviously build in there a nominal you know, profit. Um, and then our goal is to increase, or I should say decrease our labor and material and other costs of installing that stuff so we can increase our profit margin on that project. And you do that enough times and now you have a business that has a profit. Um, so we needed to find solutions to replace paper processes to help us be better at doing the work that makes us money. So from one perspective, it's 2021 and I can transfer money to Asia on my phone, but I can't order materials on my job site, right? So from one perspective, it's obvious. Why can't we do, why can't we make this really easier? But from another perspective, you have, you're describing processes that were broken. What were some of the, I guess, biggest bleeding cuts that were coming from those those broken processes uh, uh, you know aside from the fact that it just takes more more overhead to get more people to get yeah. the right information into the right people what were some of the other things that were popping up that really motivated you or inspired you to start this journey well the in in construction not unlike manufacturing um there's uh, this wave of lean thinking right um in being more efficient at doing the thing. Because our, our I oversimplified our business of just we install electrical material, um, but it really comes down to humans using information, tools, material, and equipment to go install a thing. The, the killer in our industry um, is rework. Rework, rework, rework. So it, it, our, our single focus was to uh, help eliminate rework um, that was going to be a win for us. Uh, we don't want to do the work twice. We don't want to uh, certainly install material twice, but we don't want to order twice the material. We don't want to have uh, twice the labor. Right? All of those things dig into our ability to make money, which ultimately affects how people earn a living in our business. So, yeah, and to kind of piggyback on the right lean concepts right we've and construction companies have taken a look at that since that i mean that's been around for right over 10 years in terms of right every company wants to be lean and every company wants to adopt those principles um but a lot of times you know we found that there's a lot of frustration in how much we could optimize our processes right and even if you had a really great team that was focused on that um, without the ability to use digital solutions or um, right digitize and even use some of that um, those concepts it was really difficult to get to the point of really eliminating a lot of waste and applying some of those lean principles and so we we had a lot of individuals especially some of our high level um, thinkers right our guys that you know, really come up with all the great ideas and processes that they were feeling really uh, held down and really weren't feeling like they were empowered enough to be able to really optimize and do what they wanted to do to make us the most efficient and lean uh, company that we could be. Yeah, you know, our our guys get our the majority of our of our employees are our workforce, the guys who are actually going in and installing this material and. When it comes down to it, at the end of the day, what they feel, what they want to do the most is leave the day obviously safe, uh, but feel like their day was productive. None of our guys want to be standing around waiting for material or tools or equipment or information. Um, and then also everyone who works in the office is supporting those projects and and they don't want to feel like they're they are causing our field have to wait around for all of those other things. So there's huge cult cultural implications for, you know, being efficient across the board. Yeah. And yeah, that's... Not, yeah. Sorry. And going back yeah. to the people thing, right. Um, it, it really was that, you know, when we look at 
who we wanted on our team, right? We wanted the guys that um, we don't want to hire humans that, you know, are, you know, entering in data all the time or just, you know, passing data from one place to another. We want humans to be thinkers and they're analyzing the data. They're making decisions off the data. And that really helps kind of build our culture and helps understand is when we say, hey, when we bring you on to help with this company, right, we're bringing you on for your ideas and your ability to process information and to really be part of that fun, fast moving culture. And that's not possible if we have, you know, half of our positions just um, doing, you know, day-to-day kind of manual items that, you know, can really go away with a lot of the digital transformation items we're talking about. And so, uh, you know, goes kind of right along with that culture and how that affects our individuals and employees that work for the company. Yeah, we've we've certainly run into... um, you know, you've got this guy with this great college degree and especially in manufacturing as maybe a process engineer or something like that. And we do studies on how much time they spend, like getting information and putting stuff into Excel sheets and stuff. It's usually 60 to 80 percent of their day. Right. Yeah. And I don't want to pay that, a person. Obviously non-value added. Yeah. I don't want to pay a person to do something that could be automated. Right. right? So yeah. I want them. I, I want to pay people to use their creativity and their, you know, human potential to do things that automation can't do, right? We've already seen this kind of in manufacturing. I know with robotics and, and uh, I think we kind of have gotten over the fact that humans aren't putting cars together, robots are. And ultimately, I think that's a good thing because now humans can go do things that robots can't do. Uh, that's a, It's the same in construction, right? Right. And we find that's what excites people, right? I mean, like you said, right, data entry needs to happen, right? And sometimes that needs to be done by a human, but we try to avoid that as much as possible just because um, we want people excited to, you know, come to work. You always hear that kind of, right, having fun when you come to work, right? And that means a lot of different things for a lot of different people. But um, for us, we want to inspire the people that work for us are the ones that want to solve problems and mm-hmm. it's not going to be easy, right? That's not what fun means, but it's um, usually those activities um, of manual entry and kind of um, items that can be automated, right? That's not, it's not it's really not rewarding. Wording. No, it, it doesn't activate, right? All those, the fun parts of the brain that really gets you going in the morning and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, I think that's a big part, um, you know, when we're talking about cultural impact, uh, in just what it's inspired us to do is that is really part of, you know, what we can pitch to new employees is, Hey, we want you to be able to pivot. And this is how we're able to make this possible. Yeah. And I think, I think every, we were talking about this earlier today, Jeff and I, um, where every, let's say every digital transformation, and these are, you know, a lot, usually a, a lot of little digital transformations up, make up one big one, right? Cause it's just like lean. Um, and we were talking about how it's, it's to be successful. It's really one part culture, which has to do with user adoption and, and gathering requirements and all that stuff in any given, you know, defining your problems for that matter. And which are the most, pro- mo- uh, most important problems to, to cover one part culture, one part technology, uh, and, um, you know, one part execution, right? It's your, it's the excellence of your team. So how in, in, in that respect, how did, as you've gone through, how did your people respond as you started to, you know, you, you did a land and expand, you, you started with, with two ideas. We're going to, we're going to, you know, automate and transform, validate a couple of workflows um, that today are causing us problems. And, and, and now you fast forward to six years and you've got literally almost every process in your company running through a, a digital workflow that's as efficient as you can make it. So as you went through that journey, how did your people respond? Did you have to, you know, reconnoiter personnel? What did you do from a cultural perspective? How did the people respond and what did that look like for you guys? Yeah. Great question, Josh. Yeah. You hit on some things. Uh, we did start with, um, to when we were vetting out different solutions that we were trying to, um, you know, automate some of our processes or at least uh, validate data, validate some of our processes. We started with the two that were the most paper producing, rework causing, time suck processes in our organization. Uh, And I bring that up and that was uh, time cards, field time cards and material requisitions. Um, We started with those. I bring those up because, um, 
those those aren't going to be the same issues that bog down all other contractors, right? Um, I bring that up because you don't get very much pushback when you are presenting a solution for a problem that everyone hates, right? So in that respect, it's kind of easy to get some adoption. People like, yeah, I hate this current state, right? Now, I, I also say that with a little hesitancy because human beings, we're creatures of habit. We tend to get comfortable with how things are done over time. The more we do it, the more comfortable we are with how they're done. Especially and, contractors. Especially, <laughs> well, we've seen that, right? I and mean, we've kind of had a, especially, you know, con construction has been underserved by the technology sector. Um, uh, not because the technology hasn't been there, it's because uh, a, a lot of contractors kind of lack the vision of how to implement something, um, right. you know, because it's for 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 a couple hundred years, it's been very much, you know, a very manual dexterity, you know, nuts and bolts type of uh, type of environment. Um, but yeah, with when humans are reluctant to make change, but if that change uh, involves um, uh, alleviating burden um, or eliminating pain, I say pain, not physical pain, but like a painful process. Here's what we realize: a bad process will beat down good people. It will win almost every single time. Okay. And we have good people that work with us and we've told them to do this process. And it's a, you know, it's a bad process. It's a bad paper process, but what they're willing to give up is endure a bad process because I'm paying you to do that thing. Now I say, hey, I'm going to pay you to do something else that's not as painful, uh, and you know this is going to alleviate some of all the head, you know, some of the headaches that you have. You know, most most of the time people are for that, um, uh, and we have rolled out processes uh, in a digital format and a digital platform that um, didn't add a ton of value, and people weren't particularly upset with how they were being done, and that adoption is slower harder or maybe gets killed altogether right yeah um so it's kind of finding the thing that's the the most painful we also one thing that we do and i know we have other topics we're going to get into you know later on uh in other another podcast like how do we gather requirements and how do we get uh user adoption and like some of the nuances that go along there and uh how do you design solutions to optimize you know for for human behavior things like that um, so I guess I just want to say really quickly, like, yeah, user adoption, basically, um, you got to find the right balance of value and impact in our business. We actually go through and kind of plot out when we are thinking of new things that come up that, um, other leaders in our business want to create a workflow for, we kind of plot it on this, like, think of like an X, Y axis, little matrix. And on, on your y-axis is impact, and on your x-axis, it's, uh, it's effort, right? And you kind of plot, right. hey, how, what's the impact to this business versus how much effort is it going to take to get it done? Uh, and we'll be talking about that in other, in other podcasts also, but you've got to find the balance. Yeah, and uh, honestly, like, right, and you talked a little bit more, and it was hitting on something we were talking about earlier, but um, it really – you know, as he said, right, we started off with some really painful processes and all of a sudden our individuals started really identifying, they started seeing more pain in their processes, right? Um, things that they didn't see before. So it was, right, oh, we just started by starting material racks, but then all of a sudden we started saying, hey, how do we communicate with our vendors, right? And it really inspired that lean culture that we were talking about Um where we didn't, right, that was nothing we ever set out to do, right? We weren't like, hey, we're going to get digital um, solutions and that's going to inspire our workforce to really right. look at our processes and do all of that, right? Um, obviously, we didn't, um, that was just one of those um, really awesome kind of byproducts of we started creating, um, right, lean you, warriors. You made stuff that um, worked. Yeah, it's right. right and it, it it was one of those things where you immediately get, and as JD said, right, uh, eliminating that pain, people started identifying and be like, hey, if we can, if we can change this, right, 
I don't want to be working on this all the time, right? When I can spend my time on more useful activities and all of a sudden when that starts coming up from, right, that's not at the CEO, right? C-suite executive level that's starting to look at that. That's all the way from, you know, those guys that are just starting out their careers all the way up. And when you inspire that kind of um, analysis and continuous improvement, it really helps I guess, further that and inspire a really awesome culture where everyone's challenging everything and, uh, you know, you're continuously trying to um, eliminate those inefficiencies um, in whatever process you're doing. So it was a big culture shift for us that we saw um, that, you know, was a direct product of uh, that, that digital transformation. Yeah, good. Did you have, I'm just curious, this is kind of a side question, but um, oftentimes we see this, I'm wondering, did you have any of those resistant people at the beginning who turned into big fans of what you've done here? So you take one process, you make it as lean as possible. Was there any people that that were, and this might be a no, I don't know the answer to this, but that were saying, no, heck no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do it as I always was. Uh, you know, and I'm sure some of those people go find another company, right? Um, but were there any turnaround stories that you loved where we, you gave some, somebody an easier way to do something and they, they then became a proponent of it and perhaps even a contributor then to the next idea? So the short answer, yes. And I don't want to get into too much in this one, Josh, because I know that was a topic that we had identified <laughs> that would be its yeah. own, you know, half hour discussion sure, sure. by yeah. itself. But, uh, and I'm kind of smirking, uh, you know, and listeners can't hear this, but yeah. And you can imagine in construction, you know, this is an environment um, where we have, uh, you know, the majority of our workforce is, is uh, aging out of construction, right? They're, they're, for lack of a better term, they're old salty dogs, right? They've been doing this their entire career on paper, you know, very manual. So now I'm asking them to, you know, here's an iPad and I want you to do your requisitions, you know, in a digital workflow, uh, you can imagine the resistance that goes along with that without giving too much away. Right. But yeah, uh, we'll definitely talk about that. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll dangle that carrot for next time. Dangle that Uh, carrot. Yeah. Yeah. Listeners, there's more. Um, all right. So let's, uh, talk about a little bit of, we, we, we cover this lightly. Um, but, uh, Almost from a more tactical perspective, we talked about digitizing, digitalizing, digital transformation. What you are doing now is digital transformation. What are the keys in that in that kind of ro- more robust definition of, of 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 digital transformation that that make it more effective, right? And I'll and I use the I use the mobile form kind of uh, example of. Okay, I have a mobile form now. I'm going to save it for a PDF, as a PDF in, you know, in some file somewhere, and it's going to be hard to retrieve. So, with a digital transformation, you have things like workflow. You have things like, you know, reminders and scorecards, and you know, a lot of database work. And you're feeding your ERP the right information. So, are those the things? And did did I just say it, or is there any, anything else that you would add to that that's important for listeners to learn? So, like maybe somebody's listening to this and is just now starting to think about, you know, going down the digital transformation path. Um, what are those key elements that when you do it right, make it work? Yeah, yeah that's a great question. You did actually hit a lot of it there, Josh. Like our, in construction, this is where technology has been underserving our industry is we have ERPs, right, or accounting systems. Um, and they were not... Um, most of them are built on, you know, legacy kind of formats and, and they're just now getting to the point of, of um, allowing contractors to start gathering or keeping track of the information they think is going to help them in their business. Because before it was very much um, money in, money out, right? It was just basically the ERP or your accounting system was just taking a look at your cash position by project or by sector or market or whatever, however you have that defined. Um, and we have always known even early on that we, we wanted more information. Even before we found Exalt, we were, we were trying to define, um, we were trying to standardize the types of work that we did, like the types of insulation, conduit versus 
and not just conduit, like we would even break down, um, you know, uh, small conduit from big conduit, PVC from steel, you know, things like that. Cause we wanted to know what parts of our business, uh, we were, we were, um, we were missing the mark on, right. Est- estimation versus installation, you know, actuals. And the ERP doesn't capture that. It just captures, you know, how much labor and material cost we put to a project and then how much money we build for and how much money actually came in. So our digital transformation uh, ended up being, we are started gathering information that um, we are started defining the information that we wanted to gather. And then we start gathering it and then we could take that information and analyze it um, uh, visually represent it in a way that makes sense, filter, search and sort to help us. Here's the big part to help us make decisions on our right. business. Right? Yeah. And, and honestly, drive yeah, the leading indicators for the next thing that we're going to go do. Right. And to summarize that up, right. When you're talking about those three different terms, right. Uh, the way I see digital transformation is digitalization with a purpose, right. Um, a lot of people go out and that's right. What JD was talking about where they digitize a process, right. And now we have it in a digital format, but a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, I guess, failures happen when you don't start with the core root of the problem, right? What are we trying to solve? Are we just digitizing to digitize and, you know, everything's in a digital format. We can feel great about having all that stuff in a digital database, right? So one day we might use look, that data. Look, look to at all this drive. data I gathered. Yeah. Right? How useful right. is that? Yeah. Right? What are you yeah. going to do with it? Right. And so that's where, right, that's, it's taking that next step of having that it's right. It's digitalization with a purpose in terms of, Hey, when I'm collecting material stats or right tool stats or um, payroll information, right? What am I, what do I want to do with that? And I guess starting from that end goal and working backwards is really where you create those um, really where you start having a digital transformation where people can see where you're going with that, right? There's nothing more frustrating than rolling out an application that does the exact same thing as your old process and doesn't really solve anything besides putting it in a digital yeah. format, right? I mean, if nobody, everyone's going to ask the question, hey, why the hell did we switch and from the paper processes if we're doing the same thing, the same outcomes, it hasn't solved any efficiency issues, then again, we're just putting everything in a digital format and really i guess that's it goes back into kind of user adoption and buy-in a little bit as well but it frustrates people right um especially when they're not involved in some of the uh and they're just handed a, a process right um and they don't feel like they're part of that um they feel like it's it is it's not a transformation it's just hey we're changing up how we're doing things and if that purpose and end goal is not super obvious and we don't have that um, purpose of where we're going, it gets lost pretty quick. Yeah. And if you don't measure it and celebrate it too, right? You have to go back and measure and say, did it, did it make a difference? On a high level, JD, we can get into this more later, um, or Nate, whomever wants to answer this question. Um, what has the overall benefit you know, we talk about your differences in profit per man hour. We talk about certain cultural, you know, things that have happened. How would you characterize the, uh, so, so this is one of the last two questions. How would you characterize the actual impact in a tangible or intangible way? Obviously, people are happier. You guys have a happy, great culture. People want to go work for Corbin's Electric, right? Um, it's, it's, that's well known. Um, and you're, you're excellent in, in, uh, you know, among your peers and things like that. And a great example of what people should do, but what is the, what has the impact been on your business for this digital transformation? Uh, if you can, you know, highlight a little bit of tangible and intangible, uh, as much as you'd like. Yeah. Great question. So, um, actually, you know, I'm going to let Nate answer this one. I have, I, I have some ideas. We'll see how aligned we are in this one. <laughs> <laughs> this is a test. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, sorry, can you say that question again? Yeah, what has been the overall impact? Um, you, you have gone through a digital transformation. I said at the beginning of the podca- podcast, um, it's as good of, of an example as I can find regardless of the technology, regardless of the fact that we have a business relationship with you guys or whatever. You're doing it right. 
from what we can tell. So what impact has that made on the business both in, and I don't care if the answer is sort of intangible or tangible, you know, profit margin, whatever you guys are comfortable sharing, what's the real impact of all of this work that Nate, you've been really spearheading and, and JD has been overseeing for the last six years. Yeah, sure. And so eight years actually. Yeah. And starting with the tangible, um, really, I guess the first thing that comes to mind is scalability, right? Um, we obviously have scaled up as a company very quickly, but, um, and we owe a lot of that to our ability to, um, right, continuously improve and look at our processes and understand where they're going to break. Um, you know, we, and we can tell a little bit, I mean, even going back before that time, you know, this isn't the first time Corbin's has tried to scale, um, as most companies do, right. They're always trying to grow. And, um, a lot of times that doesn't always equal, right. An increase in revenue doesn't always equal an increase in profit. Right. Um, 100%. and so scaling with a purpose, right. Um, and scaling, being able to scale effectively was, I think, one of the biggest pro or like, you know, it was profit uh, directly, but it was really, it, it allowed us to really pivot. And when we did want to go after that, right, we had extreme clarity, um, not only with our individuals, but also with the information that was coming out of our business that yes, we could go do that or no, we couldn't. And it helps us um, kind of monitor um, those responses and on the intangible side, right? Again, a lot of it comes down to the the people um, and uh, really inspiring and empowering the people to be able to, you know, when they want to make a change or when our leaders want to go after something different, right? Um, we not only have the data to back up those decisions, but we also are able to understand at a core level, hey, this is how we're doing business and it helps keep the culture consistent, right? So everyone's kind of running on the same track uh, rather than each, you know, geographic or division uh, feeling like they're doing their own thing. By standardizing some of these processes, we're able to continue to move forward in a uniform, consistent way where that culture isn't, right? It's not an Arizona culture. It's not a New Mexico culture. It's, hey, we have a consistency that is clear from our standardized processes and how we do business across the across no matter where we are so um those are the first Excellent. couple of things that come to mind i guess jd what, uh, what did you have to no that's a good answer and it's also true i mean you know like <laughs> um yeah that there's um really the tangibles the, the scalability part and they hit it like we would not have been able to go from 40 million. We actually, so what we did when I started in 2013, we were operating at 40 million. We actually took a dip in 2015 to 28 on purpose, 28 million, uh, because we needed to redo all of our processes and basically build, you know, a better foundation so we could scale. We would not have been able to scale like we did without standardizing processes and workflows and digitalizing, which led to our digital transformation. So we would not have been able to scale. Um, our the profit that we make, uh, you know, as a business is really a that's a consequence or a symptom of the type of work the customers were aligned with, the markets, the type of work that we're doing. But we're using the data to Nate's point um, to make decisions um, on whether that type of work we did or uh, you know or that customer in this geography is historically something that has been successful and if not let's make a decision not to do that we don't we don't tie ourselves down into like this sunk cost fallacy of like oh well we spent so much time building a relationship with this customer or you know building up our our people and skills to do this type of work listen it nuts to bolts on paper if if it's not a winner um we have to move on we have to be willing to to reinvest uh human capital as well as you know actual money into uh pivoting and doing something else and, and that has proved successful some of the intangibles of a of a digital transformation is um culture 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 we talk about it's kind of a symbiotic relationship right i i know josh you and jeff have been you guys talk to um customers all the time manufacturing construction and others and in order to implement a digital transformation, you have to have the culture, 
Well, it's symbiotic in that a digital transformation can help reinforce a culture, right? Uh, it 100%. actually helps people, you know, feel more grounded, uh, especially as a, the newer workforce comes in. And we're talking about people who, um, you know, I'm we're hiring nearly 30 year olds and they can't remember not ever having a phone or an iPad, you know, growing up. So they're very comfortable with, with, with uh, digitalization and processes and uh, things like that. And then um, people also want to be, they want to hitch their wagon to a train that uh, has legs, right? That's going places that's, uh, that's changing and has a purpose and, um, you know, is cool and cutting edge and innovative and all the other buzzwords that go along with that. And we don't just give lip service to that. I think and we don't really even talk about it. We live it, right? And I think people like that. And one of the biggest constraints in, in our ability to service our customers is, you know, because we need to scale in order to service our customers, our, our, uh, one of our biggest hurdles to that is talent attracting talent to our business, attracting talent to the industry in general, you know, as far as a field workforce, but also attracting talent um, uh, to the rest of our business operations, accounting, um, you know, Nate's group, you know, business, business uh, analysts, right. Um, marketing, all of those things. We just, we, we need to attract talent. So um, I feel like I feel like we've set ourselves apart in this process of being an innovative, you know, uh, digitally transformative, you know, boldly changing, just like our purpose statement, boldly changing the, the construction industry. And uh, people get excited about that. And uh, it also helps fuel all the same innovation and ideas and promotes the same thing within. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think certainly the construction industry more than any other has always been super elastic it's always been easy to add people or subtract people based on what the market's telling you right it's actually not true anymore not so true forced to automate and innovate like they have done in in other industries um and so i'm excited about the things that are coming in the next 20 years in this industry um but i love the value that you guys put on culture you can't just um act act as though you have robots working for you you actually still have people working for you and they yeah, want to I, I do want to <laughs> say something about that like i grew up in the industry my my stepdad um it was an estimator for an electrical contractor in sacramento where i grew up and um uh, he's still involved in that business and shout out to royal electric in sacramento um and uh, I kind of learned, gr literally grew up in the industry, like pulling weeds in the summer in the yard to sweeping the warehouse to stocking shelves and making deliveries when I was 16 and, uh, you know, all of that stuff. Um, a lot of times people get into construction because it's cool. Building stuff is fun. Okay. Yeah. Um, the more time you spend in this business, though, you realize this is not about pipe and wire. This business is about people. Okay, this is a this is a people people, and I know other industries. You know, they say the same thing. Banking says, "Oh, this is a people industry." Yeah, no, I get it. But this it's almost counterintuitive that construction would be a a, a people business, and it absolutely is because there's no, there's nothing. Although there's hardly a process in our business that doesn't run through Exalt in some way, right? Whether it's gathering, uh, processing, or just or showing information, um, it's the human beings that are gathering, processing and analyzing that to make decisions on behalf of our business with the relationships they build with customers and vendors and with each other, right? This is a very dynamic business and it's fun, all right? And there's no stopping construction either. There's never gonna be a point where we're like, yep, we built all the things. Yeah, we, right? we, <laughs> so we it's always all this stuff. Yeah, we built it, we did, we did it all, right? <laughs> it's kind of like people used to joke, you know, even like 10 years ago, you know, like finding the end of the internet. You know, like, yeah, you know, it'll, it's just going to, it's like, it's like the universe expanding constantly, you know, and, and when you think you reach the end, you got to go back and rebuild the stuff that you first built anyway. So, right. All right, good. We've, we've done a good job. Um, one last question. What would you do differently um, next time? Uh, I think I'll answer this uh, both for Nate and myself. Well, first of all, if I can clone Nate, that would be great. There's a whole story. Maybe we'll get into a different podcast on, like uh, uh, how Nate has grown into, you know, 
the position that he's at right now. But um, I get asked this all the time uh, for lots of different reasons. You know, some of it is about digital transformation stuff. Some of it is about it's about our our culture, our our scalability. You know, all of those things. What would I do different if I could go back and do it over again? What would I do different? And the answer is always the same. Find somebody who's doing it better than me and freaking copy them. Okay. There's nothing <laughs> like groundbreaking about anything that we're doing. The, the, I think one of the things that keeps other contractors and by contractors, my extension, it's the people, the decision makers of um, going down a road like this is, well, it might be a little bit uh, of fear, but it's usually a fear of making a wrong decision or wasting money, right? I mean, we've literally, Corbin's Electric, we have been on the bleeding edge of uh, digital transformation in the form of, you know, building apps and workflows and, you know, uh, gathering and analyzing data. Um, it's been worth it to us. And I certainly wouldn't want other contractors to have to reinvent the wheel, right? Yeah. Um, that's part of the reasons why we spun off Knox is to provide services and products uh, to other contractors that they don't, it helped them accelerate their own business. So anyway, that's a short answer is, yeah, I'd freaking copy people. There's no harm in that. Yeah, yeah our, they, uh, Jeff and I were talking about this today. Sorry to cut you off, Nate, but Jeff and I were talking about this today. It's like, it's, it's such a privilege to be able to pursue excellence, achieve some sort of excellence, which is a moving target, right? It's about the journey, right? But achieve that excellence and then share it. You share it for free. Like I went through all this. I paid the price to get this. Now we're going to, you know, raise the tide for everybody else. Um, and I think that's uh, sort of by osmosis what you're doing. Yeah. I would like to say um, I, I've, I've, a couple a couple of months ago, I was listening to some other podcasts and stuff, and getting into some philosophical uh, podcasts. and And there was one that I uh, I'm, I'm a new fan of um, this idea that there's no such thing as altruism, uh, right? Because the altruists really what they're doing is providing they're servicing other people, but it's actually it's actually making them feel better. So you know it negates the definition of altruism. Uh, and the same would be true of what we're doing as Corbin's Electric. Like, I we didn't create Knox, you know, um, we're not giving away services for free, certainly, but um, we're trying to, you know, maybe we, we do charge a nominal fee for some of the services that we do, but it's really to help other contractors accelerate. And I could keep all that to myself, right? I'm I'm providing it for a nominal fee, not because I'm an altruist, it's because our goal in Corbin's Electric and Knox is to change the construction industry, not ourselves. Like we're empowered thought leaders, boldly changing the construction industry. The entire industry needs to move forward. Corbin's can't be, we could gobble up all the market share we could possibly get here in Phoenix and in, in New Mexico, right? In Phoenix and Albuquerque. But that wouldn't do us any good if the mechanical guys uh, weren't able to scale and the, and the process piping guys and the steel uh, guys, right? It's like we because all of those are components that go into making a project. So, kind of, when have you ever seen a construction project that was 100% electrical? Right? It, that doesn't happen, right? So, um, yeah, we want to help change the industry as a whole. And none of the things that we're talking about are specific to electrical, they apply across the board to anybody. If anybody has uh, employees, <laughs> that have late, you know, that you apply labor to a project with material tools, equipment, and information. I mean, I, I don't know if I need to even, you know, expand that. It's like, you know, throw, think of one. Yeah. You'll hit one that deals with all yeah, of anybody, things. anybody right. making stuff. Right. Nate, what were you going to say before? Do you remember? Yeah. So, um, I think a lot of what, you know, JD touched on in terms of, kind of impacting the industry and other things like that is, and you hear this, um, you know, this isn't a new concept, but teaching is the best form of learning, right? If you teach something, you master it and you're able to learn it, but by teaching other individuals, right, and expanding your network and other things like that, you automatically get some learning in that, right? And we've seen that 
over and over again where, right, we think we're teaching somebody a solution and all of a sudden we got more out of it than uh, what we were actually teaching. And so that's that's been, I think, one of the biggest things we realized recently is the the more, right, as JD said, right, whether you're copying someone or learning from someone, whatever that looks like, uh, that's really the best best way to go forward, right? And so whether that looks like peer groups or networking opportunities or whatever that is, right? Um, you know, again, that that's the easiest, that's the quickest way forward, right? Um, no matter how many smart people you have in your company, you're never ever going to get anywhere if you're trying to work in a silo, right? I mean, that's no matter what industry you're looking at, whether it's technology, whether it's construction, whether it's um, anything else, if there's not other individuals challenging those ideas and learning and then, um, you know, expanding on those, it's, it's never going to move at the pace that, that we are today. And as we continue to grow. Right. And so I guess that was the biggest thing that we learned is it, as much as we, whenever we would come up with a cool idea and, and we'd talk about it to somebody else, they'd have five different ideas that that would spawn off of that. And just continuing that, you know, learning circle um, has really been, and right, and not having that be a pride thing, right? I mean, when you have an idea and it's, it's, it shouldn't be attached to any ego or anything like that, right? It's, it's the coolest idea until you get squashed by another awesome idea. And then you should be just as excited to embrace that same idea, right? Um, right. It's the, you always hear about the, right, the term, right? The old timers who, you know, go down to their grave clutching their pearls, right? It's the same thing where it's, if you hold on to an idea and you say, Hey, this is what makes me who I am. And somebody comes along and makes it better. And you're not ready to embrace that. You're left in the dust pretty quick. And so that's been, I guess the biggest thing we've learned, especially in the last couple of years that we wish we would have is sharing it and kind of creating a little bit more of a learning environment where we bring on more people that don't think the same as us, right? You hear that all the time, but you can't surround yourself with a bunch of an echo chamber. Yeah. Yeah. An echo chamber because, you know, no matter where you are in the industry, whether you're at the top or the bottom, you're never going to move anywhere if you're not being challenged by the individuals in your organization and the individuals outside your organization, right? Whether that's competitors, whether that's people we work with, whether that's peer members, it doesn't matter. Um, all of that moves individuals forward as long as you're willing to sit there and teach and learn, right? Um, and I kind of like that it works so well together in those two two kind of contrasting, um, seemingly contrasting ideas. Yeah, beautiful. All right. I think that's a good place to wrap, guys. Um, so first of all, thank you. I know you're busy. We're busy. Everybody's busy. That's a good problem to have. Uh, but I really appreciate you guys taking the time. We're going to have some more for the listeners out there. We're going to have some more where we go a little bit tactically into, you know, how do you gather requirements when you're trying to transform a business process? Uh, how do you drive user adoption so that it's the best and, and you know, a, a plethora, if you will, of, of other topics? Um, so for everybody listening, you can find uh, this and more podcasts on hxgnspotlight.com. Uh, or on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, just search for either Hexagon or Problem Solving with Technology. So thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Uh, au revoir. Thanks, guys.